is um <clears throat> there's two ways that you can understand the purpose of your deen the first is that you see your deen as a contractual affair where you are concerned with paying your dues and doing what is required of you to earn a place for yourself in Akhirah, in the hereafter. This is a perfectly legitimate way of looking at your deen. You can say there's nothing wrong with it. And those who pursue their deen through that point of view and from that point of view, may they have success in their endeavors. Inshallah. Amen. There's another way of looking at your deen, 
which is it's not so much about pursuing an outcome in Akhirah. It's actually about an experience here. But it's not to suggest that there isn't an outcome in Akhirah. But what we are interested in and curious about is the actual first person witnessing of that we attest to when we bear witness. We call uh, the, the, the profession of faith in Islam, we call it a shahada. It's a better bearing of witness. We have the suspicion that if somebody bears witness to something that they have not witnessed, that that person at some level is a liar. So, if we say, La ilaha illallah, is this just a profession of something that we kind of have thought of? Or does this actually express a first-hand experience that we can therefore speak about in conviction, out of conviction. I attest on the basis of my experience that there's none worthy of worship other than Allah. There's nothing significant other than Allah. There's nothing, there's nothing worthy of pursuit other than Allah. I'm not saying this as a belief. I'm saying this bearing witness to what I have witnessed. Similarly, when I say, when one says, Allahu Akbar, are you repeating something, a formula that you've been taught as a child that might have been beaten into you with a stick in madrasa? Or are you speaking on the basis of first-hand conviction, on the basis of what you have actually witnessed in your life? That indeed, Allahu Akbar, I've seen it. There's nothing greater than this. The nature of this experience <clears throat> that we are bearing witness to when we are of those who are in the pursuit of the experience, who are not looking at this from the point of view of a contract, the nature of the experience that we are pursuing is by definition an overwhelming experience. If you say, Allahu Akbar, you're saying he's the greatest, what are you saying about yourself? You're saying I'm the smallest. I'm on the other end of that scale. Surely, is it not appropriate for that which is enormously vast, that which is the greatest, to overwhelm that which is the smallest? So many people will experience states when they are pursuing this endeavor of learning to experience firsthand the reality of the Rabb. They'll experience these states as overwhelming. When you look at somebody from the outside who is being overwhelmed, they might look a little bit disturbing because they aren't deporting themselves 
were in a proper and controlled manner. That doesn't mean to say they've lost their marbles. That doesn't mean to say they're possessed by jinn or anything like that. In fact, any comment like that on the person's behavior says more about your prejudices than it does about the person's experience. Indeed, we want to taste. We want to experience. Indeed, we are perfectly aware that the experience that we're after is by definition an overwhelming experience. One which will knock us out of our socks. One which will create the conditions where we're not quite the same as we were before. I'm of the view that it is only a person who's actually done enough inner work, has done enough zikr, has done enough salah to have some first-hand tastes of these things that we assert. La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu khayrul makirin, husband Allah wa ni'ma All of these things we assert, all these things we tell ourselves and tell other people, recite in great acts of piety. I'm absolutely convinced that it is possible to experience the truth of those assertions firsthand. As a real experience, not dissimilar and not unlike the experience of what it feels like for you to sit on the carpet right now. There are real experiences that are the, equi- that are the, 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 the mirrors of all of the assertions that we make in our deen. I think it is only the person who has had these first-hand experiences that really should have license to make the assertions. It is only the person who's had the first-hand taste of these things that we talk about who can with authority speak about these things. At best, other people are reporting what somebody else has said. What the Rasul Sahib said. The Rasul said on the basis of his first-hand experience. Husband Allah when he He knew this. He experienced this. And we get taught, no, that you must recite this in Quran. So we recite this. At best, we are reporting what he experienced. (coughs) So maybe you can't accuse somebody who does that of being entirely dishonest. But it's not entirely satisfying either. Pray that Allah grants us all a curiosity about the taste for inner expansion and inner experience of the realities of the infinite. I pray that Allah gives us all the discipline 
and the willingness to do the work, the inner work, to have those experiences. Amen. May Allah grant us nearness to Him. Amen. May He grant us annihilation in Him. Amen. May He grant us death before we die. Inna Allah wa malaikatuhu yusallu ala nabi Ya ayyuhal adhina amanu salu alayhi wa sallam intaslima Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad abdika wa rasulika nabiyyum wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam intaslima سبحان ربك رب العزة والسلام والحمد لله